Good day to you and your beautiful families. Thanks for listening to Wager Rager. This is D Nice. It's been a while. It has certainly been a while. D not so nice. I have not given you any podcasts here for the past week and a half or so. My apologies. Thanksgiving gets tough between trying to balance the holidays and work and betting and losing bets and winning bets, going back to losing bets, winning some more fucking bets and just going all over the place. It is uh, very tough to get this out. Had Thanksgiving, had people in town, friends, family, had my first anniversary. So <clears throat> can't be constantly betting and doing podcasts and everything. So took a little bit of a break. You're going to be hearing some more people um, very soon here on Wager Rager, either doing their own podcasts, contributing in their own right, or we'll do some joint things. So I know that I've mentioned that several times since the start of this podcast a couple months ago as they started that in South Africa, but that is actually going to happen. You know, took some time in the past week to really figure out what has gone right, what has not gone right, not only with bets, but with podcasts and things to work on here. So speaking of not so right, uh, tough sledding, tough sledding right now. The bets on the weekend weren't that bad. If you were following the at wager underscore rager account, that's the name of the account, right? (laughs) I have been doing my best to post all the bets on there. Part of the good thing about bringing some more people on board will be that we can actively, you know, update the Google Doc, update all of our bets, share bets. I mean, it's just not me. Like, I don't have, you know... Contrary to popular belief, I don't have that big of a wealth of information in my head, and I go through cold streaks also. Bets this weekend weren't that bad. Going back to, I guess, last week when I didn't do a podcast, we, we had a tough sledding streak. We had some losing bets on Monday Night Football a week ago. Thanksgiving was not a massacre, but close to it. And by not a massacre, I mean, I don't think I want to fucking bet. Going back to last Monday, I did a Monday night, Thursday night straddle of Rams against the Ravens. Got Rams up to plus 10 or plus 10 and a half. They lost by like fucking 40. So that didn't work out. And I straddled that with the Cowboys. I got them down against the Bills from minus six, minus six and a half down to pick. We know that even if the Rams would have won, the Cowboys bet wouldn't have won. So what I did on Thanksgiving, you can go onto the Twitter account, track the bets. I did another tease. I used to talk a lot of shit on teasers. And they've given me success. Weeks, I'd say 3 through 12, 11, 12, definitely not 13. Had some success getting through critical numbers. You've heard me talk about longer teasers, teasers in general. I did the Bears. I teased the Bears from 6. It might have been even 6.5 down to a pick. Mitch actually played pretty well, but the Bears tried their best to lose that game against the Detroit Lions third-string quarterback. Uh, David blows, blows. He didn't blow. He actually looked pretty good. I mean, if you look at his numbers overall, not bad. I mean, he's, he's not a pro bowler, not Matt Stafford. And I feel bad for Matt Stafford because that guy just keeps getting injured. I'd be shocked if he comes back this season. I hope that eventually he can get on a team that can get into a playoffs and have a fighting chance. I know when Jim Schwartz was there, Jim Schwartz now in the Eagles, when Jim Schwartz was there, they had a fighting chance and, and um, they held it close in a couple playoff games. They might have even been favored in a playoff game. I know that they played the Saints one year in the playoffs, lost, and they lost close to the Cowboys. I'm curious to see if they were favored in that game. But anyways, going off on a tangent there, Bears took care of business, and we're going to get into the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys, I was pretty big on this game being high scoring. I bet on them to have the highest scoring total of the day. Total was plus 250. I was rushing to get these bets in before – going over to Thanksgiving around noon. 
and uh, just being the degenerate that I am, you know, talking about my podcast with all the family members like, oh, tell me about your radio show. I'm like, well, <laughs> if you listen to the radio show right now, you're going to lose some fucking money. Your, uh, <laughs> your family member here might not pay the mortgage this month if we uh, don't get some better bets on this radio show. So I was talking to them about that, talking to them about my thoughts in the Cowboys game. I thought it would be pretty high scoring. The Bills are doing some interesting stuff right now. Bills offensive coordinator. He's moved to the skybox. He's moved, not skybox, the uh, press box so he can see like the all 22 as it develops from the sky. And that has led to some more offensive efficiency for the Bills. That being said, I like the Cowboys in this spot. I thought the Bills were in a bad spot. The Cowboys offense, you know, you look at their offensive numbers, they're good. They're second overall in DVOA. First overall in yards per completion at 12.3. First overall in yards per attempt in terms of passing here. Um, first overall in those two categories. First overall in third down conversion rate in the NFL. I mean, they have an offense. They just like to screw things up and call negative EV play calls. It's not plus EV. It's not even even EV. It's not expected value. It's not anything. It's just negative. It's just dumb. I don't get it. I don't know why I fucking bet on them. They ended up losing that game. What was the final score? 26-15. And it was even worse than that. It was, what, 26-7 late in the game. Dallas went up early. But I was telling family members how I liked Zeke. I liked Zeke in that spot. I thought he'd run all over the Bills' defense. The Bills' defense ranks towards the bottom of the lead. Or lead. They're definitely not in the league. Ranks towards the bottom of the league in terms of defensive rushing efficiency. And I thought Zeke would have a field day. In fact, in the first quarter, he did have a field day. 56 rush yards. And then they stopped running him. So I bet on Zeke to have the most rush yards of the day. He did not. And uh, the bets all kind of went to shit. And then later in the day, as I had you know a couple, couple whiskeys, a few beers, a few glasses of wine, I said, you know what? I like this under in the Saints-Falcons game, but we're just going to lay off here. Everything's been wrong right now, and the under actually came to fruition there. So anybody who bet that... Good call. I liked that under spot, even though there were, what, three onside kicks in a row. I uh, was in a turkey coma at that point, and I didn't fall asleep. My Thursday night routine right now is, like, fall asleep at, like, 1030 at night. I didn't fall asleep. I was just catching up on some shows. I had enough of the NFL at that point. So a little bit of tough sledding at that point. I think the bottom line here is stay positive. Don't blindly bet. Don't chase bets. You can just get into so much trouble when you're chasing bets. And I've seen people, I know people that have gotten into trouble and say, okay, I think X team is going to win this game by 10 points and they go down early. So they bet it again and they live bet it. And they're trailing after one quarter. They're trailing after two quarters at halftime and they keep chasing. So just know your limits, know what you're doing. Keep your units the same. Keep your units relatively standard. The way that I do it is that my unit size stays the same. Prop bets are usually a half unit unless they're really like a prop. If I really like a I'll usually sing the bet. And then if I sing the bet and send it out to people, that means that I'm doing a full unit. Speaking of which, I've had a couple of requests to, since I don't have an intro to this podcast yet, and as we're bringing more people on board, we'll see if, you know, there's some ideas in terms of an intro and how to create it. But I think that I might just start singing Christmas tunes for the rest of the month. There have been a couple of requests for me to open every podcast with a uh, Christmas tune. So, 
Uh, maybe we'll do that. But anyways, yeah, just keep your unit size the same. I usually do it as a percentage of my total bankroll and bankroll, quote unquote, like that, that term cracks me up, but bankroll really is a term. It's like, how much are you working with Do a certain percentage of that? And if you're on a heater, obviously, if you're building your bankroll, X percent will be higher because you've built it. If you're on a little bit of a cooler, then, then the percentage will go a little bit lower. So just keep it in check. Uh, just looking at things that I want to touch on. There are a couple stories from last week that I think that in the interest of time, I want to get this done, get another podcast out here in the week 14 picks. I'll share some, some stories from last week on that. It was a hell of a week. Look, I love the holidays, but sometimes you just go out, you're having drinks, you feel like shit. It takes days to bounce back. I'm turning 35 here in a few months. Actually not a few months, two months, less than two months. Holy shit. So that's how time flies along. Just uh, I'll share some stories on the next one. So let's get into the Sunday card real quick. I'm not going to touch on all of the bets in the past um, couple weeks because that would be too much to get through. We've had ups. We've had downs. Prop bets last Monday, Thursday weren't that great. I would just like to share some general points that I've noticed, general points that I think that we can take into consideration as the NFL season closes and then some just overall general thoughts on teams of where they're at. And then I'll top line the spreads where they opened at in week 14. They opened a couple days ago here and where they're at right now. So what I'll say right now and what we need to keep in mind for the next few weeks. And week 17 is always a wild card. Certain players get benched. Certain players don't get benched. There, there's so much up for grabs, though, in terms of wild card, in terms of seeding, that I don't know how many teams are going to bench players. The teams that are actually more apt to bench players in Week 17 might be those teams that are out of the mix. Like Eli Manning, I expected maybe he'd get a Week 17 start before retirement. I, I had a bit of a handicap that I wanted to get into for the Eagles-Giants game, and, and I need to throw that out a little bit now. Because um, Eli Manning, sure enough, shockingly enough, is starting because Daniel Jones is out. Um, what does he have? An ankle issue? Out for next week. And I think they're going to handle him with kid gloves in this case. And probably out for the rest of the season. So Eli Manning, last four weeks of the season. But last few weeks of the season here, I think that we just need to be smart about what we're doing. I'm just looking at a couple of my bets from the past couple weeks here. And... And some things that I did were dumb. Like I bet Broncos and I sold myself. I convinced myself on the Broncos plus four against the Bills a week and a half ago or in week 12, I guess that was. And you know what? Yeah, you can run the ball on the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, these teams matched up pretty evenly. But you're dealing with a rookie quarterback on the road for a second week in a row. They blew a 20 to nothing lead against Minnesota the last week. What is going to happen? He's a rookie. Don't bet on him in that spot. And sure enough, he didn't show up in that game, got benched the next week. So sure enough, we have only two Allen quarterbacks in the NFL now because the third on Denver is gone and lock started the next week. So that was, I think, just a common sense one. Another one, I took Mason Rudolph over yards. I think it was over, I don't know, call it 224 yards against Cincinnati. Cincinnati, yeah, their secondary sucks. It was a plus matchup. Mason Rudolph, he sucked in that game. He got pulled in that game. He's been benched, and Duck Hodges now is on the team playing quarterback again for the Steelers, who look like they're jettisoning themselves into a six seed. All of a sudden, that team that started, what was it, one and three, one and four? They didn't have a good start. All of a sudden, they're seven and five, and they're in position to get that six seed. So 
just take a look at the overall marketplace. Know that there are bad quarterbacks. Don't bet on those bad quarterbacks. There are bad spots. Don't sell yourself on things that common sense tells you are not going to come to fruition or not going to happen. And I think what I learned, I hope I learned, and, and we'll see if I learn it in the next few weeks here and then as we go into the playoffs, but what I thought, and I think this goes for anybody and this goes for me also, is that I was on such a heater. I didn't have a losing week from week three through week 11, and then I entered week 12 saying, my handicap of these games, my analysis of these games is spot on. Regardless if these quarterbacks aren't that good, this is the spot. This is what the numbers tell you. You need to take into account the numbers 100%, and that's usually where I start things. But just look at a high level and say, okay, what is this situation? What is this matchup? This this quarterback is a rookie. This quarterback just sucks. So those are just things to keep in mind right now. Going into week 13 bets, um, Jets minus three. That's one of those teams right now that I don't think I'm touching the Jets for the rest of the season. Again, Sam Darnold had a plus matchup against a bad Cincinnati secondary, and he didn't make anything of it. He didn't do anything with it. That team is just all over the place. Not a bet that we want to make. The 10-point teaser, the tickler, which was so hot early in the going of this podcast. Chiefs, we got down to a pick or minus one. Eagles down to a pick or I think it was minus a half. And then Green Bay, who won 31-13 in the snow in the Meadowlands. Two of those three teams covered. Philadelphia, though. I mean, honestly, who saw them losing? But if we go back, and I know that hindsight is 20-20. Is hindsight 20-20, 30-30? It's, well, it's fucking perfect, right? Um, hindsight is perfect. And if you just look at Philadelphia as a whole right now, if you look at the teams that have beaten them, and I am probably going to go off on the Eagles on the next podcast and future podcasts um, because they're not out of it. This is still a team that can win the NFC East, still a team that could host a playoff game, <laughs> still a team that could actually, if they get it together in the next month, makes noise. Do I think that they're going to make noise? Two, three weeks ago, I said that I thought they would. I said I thought they'd split games against the Patriots and the Seahawks, and then that they could run the table. So many things have gone against it. And I'll break down what I think has gone against it. It's been a couple of days since their loss, and I think I still need to um, just just think a little bit more about where I think they're going to go. But what I think in this case is that the way to beat the Eagles, if you look at the quarterbacks and the teams that have beaten the Eagles, they have quarterbacks that can gun it and that can throw it downfield. Look at their losses. Matt Ryan throws downfield. Dak. He leads the league in pass yards, or he did as of last week. He might have gotten captured a little bit by Winston. I need to pull up those stats. Fitzmagic, what does he do? He guns the ball downfield. But Stafford, in, in week three, guns the ball downfield. He actually led the league up until that point in intended air yards. Fitzmagic took over that lead. And Fitzmagic has actually regressed a little bit. He played some some teams that kind of limited that in the Colts, and he regressed a little bit. And the Dolphins have a feisty team right now. But what does Fitzmagic do? throws the ball downfield. And if you look at his chart from last week, he was, what, 5 for 5 on 20-plus yard passes, and he completed them all for touchdowns? It's outrageous. So take a look at what's obvious. Take a look at what beats certain teams. And I think that just because the Eagles were favored by 10 points, just because they are a better team on paper, they have the better talent, doesn't mean that they're going to win that game. So... That was one of those things. And again, look at what the Eagles did. They beat Josh Allen. They beat Mitchell Trubisky. 
Those guys can't throw the ball downfield. So what do they have against Eli Manning this week? I'll take a look at Eli's stats from when he was starting weeks one, two, and three. But um, I imagine that we're going to see another Eagles spread um, in the 10-point range. I think it started in the 8, 8.5 range. That'll probably get up to 10 points. So that, I think, is going to be interesting. Maybe the Eagles are are trading range low, trading low right now. So I'll take a look at some stats on that on that game right there. In terms of trading ranges also, and then I'll start to detail this week's spreads and how they've moved. The Seattle Seahawks are currently 10-2. and And I bet a friend at the start of the year saying that Seattle would not make the playoffs. I think that Seattle is one of the worst 10-2 teams I have seen in recent memory. Like, I don't know of a worse 10-2 team. The Oakland Raiders, perhaps, what was that? Four years ago with Derek Carr. Started 10-2. and the Seattle Seahawks have a net yards per play. And that's just saying, taking a look at their yards per play, what they're gaining against, what they're giving up, and they're dead even. So this is synonymous with what you typically see with 500 teams. I think that Russell Wilson is magic, and I think that he's really awkward. I <laughs> He was mic'd up on Monday night, and that was quite interesting. It seems like that the teammates aren't that receptive to him, and it actually makes me wonder how they're so successful, how they're 10 and two. And my buddy was actually sending me some, some videos also of Russell Wilson's, I guess it's a Twitter account. He just makes some really fucking awkward videos. So awkward guy, really good quarterback. If you hear a bell, that's cause my uh, cat has just entered the room and he wants to talk about Russell Wilson. So I do think that they're one of the worst 10 and two teams I've seen in a while. I think that regression is in store. They're going up against the Rams this week and, if you look at the stats overall that I'll break down on the next podcast, I'm leaning towards taking a Rams bet. I know that the Rams have underachieved, but they came out big against Arizona last week, right? Went up 34-0 in that game. That was no contest. It's in L.A. The game was close the first time. I just I can't see Seattle getting a one or two seed. I can't see them winning that division. I've been wrong on them all year, though, right? I've, I've gone against them a couple times. They've screwed me a couple times, but... That's my thoughts on Seattle. I think they're trading high and that spread opened at two, two and a half points. That was definitely a lamp that just got leveled by my cat. <laughs> this is unbelievable right now. And, uh, <laughs> and I think that they're in a high trading range. Also in terms of trading ranges, Tennessee Titans, they are a team that could be destined to win that division, right? I don't know how they do it. They are also challenging for a six seed. I think that their trading range is going high right now. You can still throw the ball in Tennessee quite a bit. Like you, their, their secondary sucks. You can throw on this team. So take a look at their point spreads going forward. Know they're playing the Raiders this week. That might be something that I look into. And then in the same division, the Colts, who have come back down to earth now. They were six and four. They look like that they might make some moves in terms of winning that division. They played the Texans on a Thursday night game, dropped that one, and then all of a sudden dropped another one down to 6-6. Six and six. They're underdogs this week. I'd say that they're trading low right now. But just because I say that they're trading high, low, doesn't necessarily mean bet on them. We need to look at the matchups themselves and go on from there. Last thought that I have is AFC North. Cleveland Browns, along with the Philadelphia Eagles a couple weeks ago, I said that I thought one of those two teams was going to come close to running the table, maybe one loss. The Browns, I thought, would be that team. They started out hot, and uh, they fell flat on their face again. The, the Steelers' defense is real. 
I think that Kitchen's job on the Browns is now up in the air. I thought that their schedule laid out very nicely for them to take care of business and to make the playoffs and squeeze into that sixth seed. I think the Steelers took that over. Cleveland defense, nothing special. They have injuries. They have suspensions. Um, I think that there needs to be some more discipline in that locker room. OBJ apparently wants to get traded off that team. Who knows what is in store for Baker Mayfield. It's just not his year. But the Steelers, I'll tell you what. I think that other things that I've learned are that I've been down and not bad-mouthing, but down on Mike Tomlin and Bill O'Brien as coaches, and maybe some of that hate is a little bit overdone. Tomlin doesn't have to deal with the bullshit now of Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown and Lev Bell, that charade, people holding out. I don't know what Antonio Brown. I'm shocked that Antonio Brown didn't have more issues in the limelight coming out of the media before you know, the, the past year or so. But he doesn't have the bullshit of all that. He is these quarterbacks that want to learn. Mason Rudolph, I guess, you know, we might not see him again. But Doc Hodges, he looks good. They, they want to win, and this defense is legit. So the Steelers probably should apologize to Mike Tomlin and the Steelers because they're not that bad. They, they really are not that bad of a team. So that's all that I have for now. Let's get into the Week 14 point spreads, where they started out, where they're going right now. Again, if you guys have not downloaded an app called Live Odds, great app, or go to SBR. Let's kick it off here. Dallas and Chicago. Chicago, a three-point underdog on Thursday night. Thursday night football. Both teams playing for the second Thursday in a row. It looks like some sharp money is coming in already on Chicago. That's interesting. I think this is going to be a game that I need some more time on. A game that I'll probably stay away from in terms of overall just straight bets maybe you tease oh long teaser time maybe get the bears from from two and a half or three home dog up to 10 we know we know dallas doesn't like winning games we know that dallas hasn't beaten a team above 500 chicago technically is not above 500 but wouldn't that be crazy if they take care of business here and get to seven and six with the disaster of a season they've had and they're not going to make the playoffs because the vikings and the packers are well ahead of them and they're not going to get a wild card spot but it's pretty amazing that they could be above 500 after this game. So I'll do some more work on that one. My cat is definitely batting at my computer. <laughs> he's just batting at my computer screen right now. He's he's just he's just looking at the notes that I have on my screen and he thinks that they're like flies or something. I definitely tried to shut the door and I'm pretty sure that he picked the lock somehow and got in this room. I don't know how the hell that happens, but definitely happened. Carolina at Atlanta, Atlanta three-point favorites. What do I think about that? I think these are two teams that the season's done on them. So Ron Rivera's out. Uh, Maybe Carolina bounces back in that spot over under 47 and a half. No real opinion on that so far. Baltimore at Buffalo. Baltimore started out as five point favorites, five and a half point favorites. I'm actually seeing that they opened at seven in some places. Then they got bet down. I'll tell you what. um, Baltimore runs the ball really well. We know that, well, That's probably an understatement, right? I mean, Baltimore has one of the most efficient, if not the most efficient rushing offense in the history of the NFL. So um, I like Baltimore in this spot. You can run on Buffalo over under 43 and a half. I'll take a look at what the forecast has in store. But I know that Buffalo is upstart. I said that their offensive coordinator is up in the skybox. He's watching from the sky now. 
But um, <laughs> it's still a spot where I like Buffalo. And I actually lean over in that spot. I lean over unless there's going to be, you know, a blizzard and lake effect snow. I lived in Buffalo for a couple of years, and let me tell you, they, they get some some pretty shitty weather. It'll start out as like an inch or two, and then you wake up, and there's three fucking feet of snow on the ground. It's it's wild. It's kind of cool, but it's not great if you have to, like, live your life and actually leave the house. Cincinnati at Cleveland. Cleveland looking at eight, eight and a half, nine-point favorites. This opened up at ten and a half. This opened at ten and a half and got bet down. Over under 40 and a half, 41 showing at some places. I think that the reason why I get bet down is because it's hard to cover a 10-point spread when the over-under is only 40. So that's interesting. You would think, I, I still think that Cleveland will take care of business in this spot. I think that Cleveland um, is not going to make the playoffs because they lost that game last week. The Steelers have an edge on them by two games. Had they won that game last week, I think that they were the front runners for that six seed. I don't think that they have a bad team overall. I just think that they're going to end up on the outside looking in, finishing 7-9, and 8-8, and like the Eagles, they're not going to make the playoffs. So Redskins and Green Bay. Green Bay, 12.5-point favorite, seeing some 13s out there. This started at 14.5. It's gotten bet down a little bit. Over-under... 41, 41 and a half showing out there also. Redskins, are the Redskins going to get feisty at Lambeau? I would bet no, but I guess they have a lot of talent. Haskins, McLaurin, interesting. Lions, 13-point dogs on the road at Minnesota, over under 43 across the board. There is a 12 and a half showing at DraftKings right now for the Vikings. So that's a game. David Blouse blows. Is he going to blow in the dome? Uh, people are betting yes. People are definitely betting yes. San Fran, this this might be the game of the week. This is the game of the week. Niners against the Saints, over under 44.5. Saints currently favored by 2.5. Very interesting spot. A game that I'm going to do some research on, come up with some things. Early lean would be San Fran coming off that loss at Baltimore last week, but we'll see. Miami and the Jets. I'm not going to spend any time on this game. This game sucks. Over under 45. Jets favored at home in the Meadowlands by five and a half. I don't have any opinions on this game. Like the Jets have burned me way too many times. And the Dolphins, Fitzmagic's going to keep gunning it. We'll take a look at the forecast. He's going to keep doing that. Gun to head, I say, bet Dolphins in that spot. But uh, not worth my words, and I spent too many words on it already. Colts at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, three-point favorites over under 47 across the board. Another interesting spot. I said already that uh, the Colts are trading low. Tampa Bay, if this game was played three weeks ago, I think that this is actually flipped around. I think the Colts are a three-point favorite on the road. Tampa Bay was looking like they might finish the year 4-12, and Winston turning the ball over. Still turning the ball over, but the Colts are now 6-6. Six and six. So value on the Colts, if there's a 3.5 out there, and I believe this game opened at a couple places at 3.5, I would take that. Denver and Houston. Houston, nine and a half, ten, ten and a half point favorites. I'm showing here against the Broncos. Broncos coming off that win against the San Diego, <laughs> San Diego Chargers. They've been in LA for how many years now? Two or three years. I still call them the San Diego Chargers. Fuck it. They're they're not long for LA, right? Like that market can't can't produce and sustain two teams. So we're gonna call them the San Diego Chargers. Three-point favorites at Jacksonville. Don't have much of an opinion at that game. Betting on the Chargers is lighting money on fire. I don't want to light any more money on fire. 
Actually, the slogan of this podcast is stop lighting money on fire. Stop doing that. Stop betting on the Chargers and the Jaguars because this year they have been awful. Tennessee, two and a half to three point favorites on the road at Oakland. Oakland, in terms of trading range, you would think they're low. They were looking like they were playoff bound all of a sudden. Some hiccups and a blowout against the Chiefs. Even though the stats were about even, turnovers got to them. Derek Carr in the cold weather. Yeah, that didn't happen. But Oakland's been good at home. So I'll go through their home stats again. I lean Oakland in this spot, getting three points. Maybe we do a Wong tease with Chicago and Oakland. That actually is something that I'm going to heavily consider. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Kansas City, three-point dogs, a.k.a. New England Patriots, three-point favorites at home over under 48.5 to 49. Early lean would be that that is a shade high. That's a shade high in terms of the over-under. Probably not going to take the spread in this spot. Bounce back spot for the Patriots. They don't want to fall further down the ranking. I mean, right now, technically, the Buffalo Bills control their destiny to win that division and control their destiny for a one seed. So I don't think it's going to happen. I know it's not going to happen. Uh, But if you think that Buffalo could get feisty and that the Patriots could keep dropping games, I mean, their schedule in the last few weeks of the year is pretty easy. I mean, they have a pretty easy landing for the rest of the year. But if you think that Buffalo pulls it off, take that future. I don't even know what the number's at, but you can get good value. Um, New England in this spot, I would say bounces back, but let's do some more research on that one. Steelers, two and a half to three point favorites at Arizona, over under 43 and a half. Do the Steelers keep their push to the sixth seed? Do they keep winning games here? Very, very intriguing spot. And then if they do take care of business here, they play Buffalo on Sunday Night Football in Week 15. That game was flexed. I forget what game got flexed out, but it was a game that I said, wow, how is that in the uh, primetime slot? It's amazing what games look good at the start of the year and then what happens as the uh, schedule plays out and the teams either overperform or underperform. Very interesting spot. Don't have a real good opinion on this yet, but we'll get that going in the next pod. Seattle, I'm looking at a pick, and we mentioned this already. Seattle a pick, Seattle at minus one, Seattle one-point favorite at Bookmaker, Bovada, bet 365. The game opened at two, two and a half at some books. That was quickly bet down. Pinnacle is actually showing Rams minus one. Pinnacle, I don't believe anybody can have access to here in the U.S., but in the U.K., Pinnacle, a big deal over there. Over under 46 and a half, 47s, actually 47 and a half showing at bet 365. So that is all over the place. Because 47 is a critical number, I would lean towards the over in this spot, and I would lean Rams. And I'm considering taking the Rams in this spot. And I know that I need to stop betting against the Seahawks, but like I said, dead even net yards per play. I don't understand how they're 10-2. and two. Maybe they get to 10-3. and three. I'm probably not going to believe in this team until they're in the Super Bowl. And I'm still going to bet against them in the Super Bowl. And lose thousands of dollars on the way betting against the Seattle Seahawks. Just just great. And then last but certainly not least, Eli Manning and the Giants. Ten and a half, nine and a half point underdogs at the Philadelphia Eagles. Philly this time of year, Monday night football. I would say cold weather, but right now it looks like 55 and pouring rain. At night, maybe in the 40s and pouring rain. We'll see if that forecast changes. Philly this time of year, Christmas time if the Eagles are good. Very happy place. 
Philly this time of year, if the Eagles are struggling as they have five and seven, not a happy place. Maybe they get right in this spot and they build some confidence as they have that showdown in South Philly a few days before Christmas in week 16 against those Dallas Cowboys, which I still find it intriguing that money is going against the Cowboys on that Thursday night game. So very interesting stuff. I'll wrap it up here. Hope all of your bets are going well. Um, Stay tuned for some more podcasts coming up. We'll get some more people in the mix here. Follow me at SirWagerRager on Twitter. Follow the WagerRager Twitter account as well. All the bets posted there. Google Doc posted. We had a string of prop bet losses from last week. But the latest bets lately, the last bet that we had on Sunday was Patriots-Texans over. Got a little bit lucky. Sometimes you need some luck to to just bounce back and get out of that string. And then we also had Vikings and over teaser on Monday night. Looked like the Vikings were dead to rights with that 17-point deficit. Came back to cover that spread as they lost 37-30. So we're at two in a row right now. Doing some more research in terms of NBA, NHL. I'm going to hope that you know someone else takes care of that for me or it will happen once the NFL season is entirely done. NBA starting to get into that, so we'll ramp that up as well. So hope all is going well. Thanks for tuning in. Subscribe, thumbs up, all that good stuff. Share it with friends, family, fellow degenerates. D-Nice signing out.